Ooh. All right, welcome into the Lone Star Lowdown. I'm Ty Henderson. We got Shea Holt, Corey Gidry here. We got a packed show for y'all today. Uh, first, we're going to hit y'all with some NFL gridiron gossip. The trade deadline passed yesterday, and it was the most trades in the NFL in 30 years, really the most exciting trade deadline that I can remember. After that, we'll get hit y'all with some uh, diamonds and wood, a little World Series update, an NBA update. Uh, people forget that the season has started. It is underway. We're about 10 games in. Uh, the Horns, well, they got Kansas State this weekend. We'll, we'll cover that on the 40-acre dash. Uh, but make sure to follow our Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, Twitter at Lone Star LD, and, of course, our famous TikTok at the Lone Star Lowdown. And, uh, well, yeah, like we said the past few weeks, we're working on our the video component of our show, but uh, it should be coming soon. Jacob Standard working hard at the Horn. Uh, Going to be coming to recordings and helping us out soon. But anyways, let's get into a uh, little gridiron gossip. Um, Shay, what do you think of the the trade deadline? What was your what was the biggest move in your mind that went down yesterday? Biggest move from the trade deadline. Um, well, I'm going to take two of them. I think Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers. I know we touched on that last week. Um, he got to play this last week. He looks very dynamic. Scored in all three phases of the game, uh, throwing, running, and receiving the football. Uh, I think he'll be. I think he makes the 49ers a Super Bowl contender. Uh, my secondary move: Roquan Smith going to the Baltimore Ravens. I love that move. I think it um, helps shore up. I think he was one of the best players dealt. Uh, goes to a Ravens defense that needs some star power, needs some leadership, uh, needs to you know help Lamar Jackson that offense out a little bit if they want to go on a playoff run. I picked the Baltimore Ravens to be in the AFC Championship game. I like the move. Corey, what was your favorite move? Well, my well, other than the ones that Shay said, I would say CMC would be the funnest move, if that's a word. Most I'm, t- I'm talking what happened on the deadline. Yeah, though, so like on yesterday. the actual day, I mean, when you look at the Bradley Chubb, Chubb move, the Miami Dolphins take one of their picks they got from the San Francisco 49ers for the Trey Lance trade, and basically what they ended up doing was turning that Trey Lance trade into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Bradley Chubb. Not too bad, right? Yeah, uh, is is Bradley Chubb in a contract here? Does he already no, has he, he already signed the extension? Already, I believe he's already been paid. I don't know what the number is, but yeah, it seems like he would his deal must have yeah well, came up at the, by this point. If he has been paid, I mean, that's awesome for Miami to lock down a young uh, edge rusher. I know he's more of a power rusher guy, but uh, coming off the edge to help that Miami defense out, who I mean gave up what like thirty five points to the Lions last week. Hasn't looked great um, this season. High-powered offense, of course, with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. But, um, yeah, I like that trade. What else happened? Well, so just to clarify, so Chubb's deal is going to be up at the end of this year. Oh, so he okay. has not re-signed yeah, yeah, yet? Yeah. So he has not so, so they're probably re-signed a, since his rookie deal. Miami probably got some kind of confirmation that he is interested, well, yeah. at least pretty interested. Well, in you don't give up a one if you don't plan to re-sign him. So he should yeah. be in Miami for the, at least the next foreseeable well, that's, future. Speaking of... Like guys signing extensions. I know Ro- Roquan Smith. He's in a contract year, and uh, in the trade with Baltimore, the Bears put in like a condition to where if he doesn't re-sign or if he doesn't sign with Baltimore long term after the season, uh, Baltimore gets like a third round pick, another third round pick from. Get the third Baltimore, round sent back. Baltimore sent their picks for Roquan Smith. 
the Bears will send one to Baltimore if he does not resign at the end of the year. Well, Sorry, apparently he wants struggling with that. Huge money, like. 20, oh, I mean, he's two million. two time All Pro, under twenty, what probably what 25, 25, 26 years old. Definitely really young, and he also have adds a coverage aspect. You know, playing linebacker, which yeah. is really hard to find. He's a guy that I really wish the Cowboys would have taken a harder look at. I know we got Leighton Vander Esch, but uh, Anthony Barr went down last week. Didn't didn't return. He hasn't looked very good this year. It hasn't really made an impact that stands out to me. Um, but some other moves that went down on uh, yesterday at before 3 p.m. was the Bills out in Naheem Hines. They traded Zach Moss and like a six-round pick to the Colts. The Colts also fired their offensive coordinator. Correct. So our, my boy Sam, Shay's boy Sam, looks like he's going to... He's got to hold the fort down. Yeah, know? I know. I think Frank Wright's taking over, going to be calling the plays. I hope Sam can get it done, but they're kind of putting him in a bad spot. Lost the first start last week. I like Hawkinson to the Vikings, though. The yeah. Vikings are quietly Dude, what's one of the best records in the what's league. What's up with Detroit? Do you never trade a guy like that within your division? You know, like, he's young. He could play for, what, another 10 years? He could play all those years in Minnesota, and you're going to have to play him twice a year? I think they just were really struggling with finding ways to use him. I mean, they drafted him in the top 10, I believe. Certainly he's been a pro bowler 10, twice. Yeah, like but he's been good. The, the he's thresh, good at blocking. He's very good at blocking, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, it's not going to blow you away in terms of how much they're getting him involved in the passing game. He had a one big, huge game this year. Okay, but look at the quarterbacks. Fair. And well, to, clearly oh, he, they thought that they could do better without him because they shipped him. So, I don't know. Maybe it was a bad decision. I mean, I don't I don't blame them for shipping him, but shipping him within your division? Uh, I'm never a fan of, yeah, trading within your division in any of the sports. Uh, Hawkinson, getting a second-round pick for him I thought was huge for the uh, Detroit Lions. They spent, I think he was the ninth overall pick, which I can't think of one instance where drafting a tight end in the first round has ever worked out. I can only think of a few tight ends in my entire time watching football that would have been worth a first-round pick, and those guys are usually taken later on and developed. Um, but yeah, Hawkinson, uh, I think his, his stock's inflated because of where he was drafted and this, you know, idea of unutilized potential. I think he will, um, you know, find success in a Vikings offense that just shelved Irv Smith for the year uh, and needs a tight end, possibly take them to that next level. They've got a lot of skill, you know, great skill position players there. And I believe they're six and one and rolling. So, you know, look for them out of the NFC. I think they're, uh, I think they're real dangerous. Who, who's one guy that didn't get moved yesterday that you would have liked to see somewhere else? Aaron Rodgers. I would Realistically, say, I mean DJ Moore for me. I really like him. I would like to see him free from the shackles of Carolina. Uh, Cooks, you know, it seems like Brandon Cooks loves to get traded. He's been traded like three times. So yeah, but Nick that came down to the wire. Signed him happen. to that uh, like four year, nineteen million dollars a year extension yeah, I mean, that kind of makes him unmovable at that at this point. The Cowboys were clearly going after him until like the final hour of um, the trade deadline. Are we Could, getting into that? Or are we going to, yeah, let's just, let's transition to our Cowboys talk because here. They did, did not make any moves after Jarrah Jones. Um, they got that defensive tackle Hankins, right? Yeah. But, I'm, but that was a deadline. Move. Jerry, after that already ha- had happened, was like, everything's on the table. We're going to do everything we can to win. And that means making some big moves. And what'd you see? He said, well, when that train comes by, I'm going to make sure to grab that caboose or something. <laughs> Somebody on somebody on Twitter said, "Jerry, to- you probably shouldn't be talking about grabbing cabooses with your history." You know, dude, he's eighty years old. He 
couldn't give less of a shit. The only thing he cares about is the Cowboys right now, and I'm surprised he didn't make a move. The only reason I think they didn't sign for Brandon Cooks was because of the money. He's owed $18.7 million, I think, this year. Well, they would they offloaded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick who was getting paid 20, $21 million yeah. or whatever it is. So that that, they would have just looked so stupid I if know. they did that. Yeah, exactly. I think it was more about not having that egg on your face than anything else. Yeah, um... I mean, would you have would you have liked to see a guy like Claypool go there? I know he went to the Bears. No, no, unless he's playing tight end. That dude's two hundred forty five pounds. He he hasn't looked. He hasn't had a burst since his rookie year. I mean, like he's just not a good receiver in my eyes. And first, second round pick, you know, the Bears. To that's me, I think that's what fucked us. Honestly, is that trade going through earlier in the day and setting that the value of the receivers like on that day specifically? They're already high. The value of receivers is already inflated. But for a second round pick for Chase Claypool. Well, that, that's the Bears. You know, they're not a particularly well run organization. They don't make. They don't really make moves where I'm like, oh, that's a good move there. Think yeah, about they, this. Think they, about this. They got a second round pick for Roquan Smith. They traded a second round pick for Chase Claypool. Yeah, no, they got rid of Robert Quinn too, who went to the Eagles. Two of their the guy who had eighteen and a half sacks last year. He only had one up until this point this year. But you can't be offloading. I think the, the I don't think this is right, but I think the line of thinking within their organization was, hey, Justin Fields has th- shown some flashes in the past few weeks. Let's get him a weapon to see if he can, because right now Darnell Mooney's our top receiver. Let's get him a weapon, see how he can finish out this year, and see if he really is our guy. Well, I think they see, you know, what Philly did with Jalen Hurts, get him, so he, who didn't particularly look great last year. You get him A.J. Brown with Devontae Smith. Yeah, all of a sudden, he's an MVP caliber Claypool player. is not A.J. Brown. No, not even close. I mean, he's not good. That's why I would not want the Dallas Cowboys to have traded for him. But at the end of the day, I mean, we know when Dallas is in the market for a receiver, they're going to pay more than a fifth to get a receiver who's not going to be as good as Amari Cooper, who they literally could have on the team. But the reason why he's not on the team is simply because the Joneses didn't like him as a person. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, we're we're six and two, twenty point win over the Bears last week. I was just about to mention. I think it's a good transition talking about the Bears draft. You know, uh, trade deadline moves. Uh, Ty, uh, yeah, lay down for us what you saw last week in a in a big win. For the Cowboys over the Bears. Uh, I saw Dak Prescott, you know, second game back. He he looked a lot better. The, he looked more in control of the offense. I saw balance out of the offense. No Zeke Elliott. I, I mean, I've been having his back all year. I've been telling y'all he's the man. He's our number one guy. But Tony Pollard, what, 125, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Three, Three touchdowns. Yeah, had a hell of a day. Um, I'd like to see him them splitting carries evenly if not him getting a few more touches a game the defense of course showed up we knew they were, what they were going to do with the bears that mike parsons touchdown was hilarious the fact that justin Fields jumped cleanly over him and didn't touch him uh but yeah i liked what i saw Dak getting back into his groove and just keep this train rolling you want to hear a fun tony pollard number sure so uh Maltz has had the lead in yards per carry uh in nfl history since he retired at hold on one sec Corey. I think we're having some we don't have to pause here we just try to talk yeah okay there you, you got go. me yeah. we good we, we good all right wait <laughs> hold on we're gonna we're gonna pause which all right so uh you we're guys back. yes we're back we're back so with the fun tony pollard number obviously um jamal charles has hold, has held the uh nfl record basically for most yards per carry for a career, obviously you have to have some sort of sample size. It can't just be like 100 carries. Um, at 5.4, Tony Pollard now with four years of sample size sitting at 5.3 yards per carry for the career. 
Yeah, no, that's crazy. Obviously, Jamal got a lot more carries up until. But this four season. years is not a small sample size. By no, any it's not. I mean, he's he's been getting ten touches a game for that pretty much that entire yeah. time. And uh, you know, at this point, you know, Jerry came out and said, and you know, you really wonder how much of this really affects, you know, what the coaching staff is going to do with personnel. Does Jerry really have a say in that? But he came out and he was like, this team goes as he goes. When he was asked, the, the question was basically, do you understand why some people believe Tony Pollard should be the number one back? And he said, no, that's a ridiculous. Like anyone who thinks that basically doesn't know what they're talking about because Zeke is a great pass blocker. And it's like, well, I mean, I don't really give a shit how good my corners are at tackling when you're talking about the least important of the jobs that that position does. He's not bad at anything, though. He just doesn't have Zeke. Yeah, but Tony Pollard's... Here's the thing, like... He doesn't have the same burst. He's not a better runner. And all... every You will not find an advanced number or just a freaking boring old statistics like yards per rush where... Tony Pollard is not in the top 10 to 15 in the league, and Zeke is not uh, in the bottom. I still think Zeke is a better short yardage runner. He's better. Numbers will not back that up, but if your eyes tell you that, I won't even disagree. I think Zeke is a good short yardage runner, but... I don't I, mean, I, I don't think Zeke is a bad running... I think Zeke is still a top 10 running back. I think Tony Pollard might be a top 5 running back. Yeah, though. I mean, he's, he's elite in my eyes, and when you talk about short yardage like runs third and one Tony Pollard houses it for 50 yards to close out the game against the Bears like that's the type of things he can do I don't mind splitting the carries you know I'm not trying to be the Zeke hater here I don't mind if Zeke even starts like that doesn't bother me but if it turns into a situation like last year against the 49ers when Tony Pollard gets four touches in the playoff game when he's clearly the more explosive better runner in my eyes and Zeke gets like 20 touches that's when you're going to run into the problems and you're going to you know, it's going to hurt the team at the end of the day. All right. Well, we got anything else on the Cowboys or Gridiron Gossip, Shay? What did you see in that game on, on Sunday? Well, um, some things to mention were the Bears ran for 240 yards. Obviously, the uh, threat of Justin Fields, who had 60 yards on eight carries and a touchdown uh, to go with his, um, you know, about a buck 50 yardage and two passing touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, Herbert carried the ball well. 16 touches, 99 yards, and touchdown. Montgomery, 15 for 53. Lost that fumble that ended up being the Michael Parsons touchdown. Um, so anyway, there might be a concern going forward with um, teams that can run the ball really well, especially teams where with quarterbacks that can run the ball really well, teams like the Eagles. Um, but the Cowboys looked good. Uh, Schultz, you know, coming back from injury, I don't think this was his first game back, but... Uh, he had six receptions, 74. Uh, Lamb got his five catches in for 77 in a touch. Um, yeah, defense got it after the quarterback. Uh, they looked good. Um, there were a couple moments where it looked like the Bears might shrink that lead and make a game out of it, but um, Cowboys just kept coming back with more points, uh, and you got to love to see that. Going into your bye week at 6-2, and two, uh, the Cowboys will play the Packers, uh, America's Game of the Week, on November 13th. The Bears, meanwhile, they're three and five now, and they play Miami um, this week at noon at home. So uh, going forward, yeah, I think the Bears' season's in the toilet. Trading Roquan Smith and um, what was the other guy's name? Hicks, not Hicks. Uh, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn, yeah. Um, and uh, the Cowboys, you know, they appear to be on the up and up despite not making a uh, deadline move. Uh, Dak Prescott's looking good, getting back in the groove of things, and you know, you're winning 75 percent of your football games right now, and. Uh, you know what your tie with the Giants, second place in the division. They got the tiebreaker, but yeah, both awesome. six and two. Awesome. The Giants must be the worst six and two team. They 
of all time. They must have been the worst six and one team. Of uh, all time. I don't think they're that bad. I just think the Seahawks are actually good. It's hard to go from coast to coast and beat the Seahawks at home. I yeah. still think they're bad, but well, it's okay. we'll, we'll we'll find out. No. All right, y'all want to get into some diamonds and wood? Talk about some Astros, Phillies. I'm down with it. All right, how about you lead this one off? Well, um, you know, after a pretty exciting first couple games, uh, Astros, you know, in game one of the World Series, took a 5-0 lead and saw it get salted away and lose um, in 10 innings, 6-5. So got game one kind of stolen from them. And then in the second game, I believe they won, what was it, 5-2, 6-2? It was 5-1, something like that. They also... They also went up five runs to none, uh, and then we're just able to hold off and get that uh, coveted win at home. Uh, but game one, game three, scheduled to be in Philadelphia, scheduled for Monday night. Uh, Halloween uh, was postponed due to rain. Uh, some say a bit of a controversial um, decision. Anyway, so game three was last night, and the Phillies won seven to zero. They got after McCullers early. Uh, tagged him for, I believe, at least three home runs. It might even have been four when it was all said and done. And Corey's telling me that it was. Um, you know, just got rocked. Uh, some people say he might have been tipping his pitches, but ultimately the Astros didn't get one run across across home plate, so it really wouldn't have mattered how many home runs McCullers gave up. Um, he ate, you know, at least um, five or six innings. They kept him out there and then uh, let, you know, uh, Stanek or Keedy and company kind of just eat, eat an inning here and there. Um, you know, uh, being an Astros fan, obviously being down 2-1 with two more games in Philadelphia is, like, concerning. Uh, you obviously want to win all the games. I said the Astros would sweep this shit. Um, but now taking a step back and uh, just trying to, like, synthesize it, really you're just playing for a game six, and really all you have to do if you're the Astros is win one of these next two games to get there. Obviously, you'd love to win them both, but there's no possibility of winning any earlier than six. So, you know, you just have to make it back to Houston and everything else will be fleshed out in a seven game World Series where everything will be left on the table. Um, That being said, uh, tough game tonight. Uh, I believe uh, it's Christian Javier versus Aaron Nola. Um, It is. And, uh, yeah, Strohs just need to come out strong and, um, you know, like they had in game one and two and put some runs up early and uh, help out Christian Javier. Um, you know, we'll have we'll have pitchers ready to go um, if things get out of hand for him. But I uh, need, need a dominant performance, need to keep, you know, limit the long ball and just try to silence that crowd a little bit early. I don't know, Corey, um, I know I've kind of run down where we're at so far. It is 2-1 Phillies. Uh, what do you see going forward uh, for this for this World Series? How do you see it playing well, out? Obviously, Game One was gut wrenching. You know, you have a guy like Tucker hit two home runs. You got to close that game out. And the problem that I see is one of the big advantages Houston has in this series is the bullpen, and they haven't got to use it. So you look at Game One, Verlander gives up five runs. So the bullpen gave up one in that game. Game two, they give up two runs. I'm not sure uh, how many, if Framber gave up those or if that was the pin. And then you look at game three, McCullers gives up like five or six, whatever. So the bullpen has not, has been doing its job. The problem is the starters are just putting you in such a bad situation that you're down a bunch of runs or you give up a bunch of runs that you're not really able to take advantage of the strength that you have on your team, at least. 
No, I agree. Um, I've watched all these games from a, a somewhat unbiased view because I'm, you know, y'all know I'm rooting against the Astros, but uh, the Phillies, man, they, they just seem like they've caught fire. The, the home field advantage is ridiculous in Philadelphia right now. I don't know. I, I would be afraid to have to play the next two games there if I was y'all. Um, they it seems like if they get any kind of lead early, it, it goes downhill fast. Um, every time they play there, they haven't lost at home in the playoffs yet. And the Astros, what, lost their first game away in the last last night. So I, I still think this game is going to go to six or seven games, or the series will go to six or seven games. Um, but as of right now, I, I see the Phillies pulling it out purely because of that home field advantage and the way Bryce Harper's playing right now. Yeah, so, like, obviously, um, you know, a unbiased, you know, objective uh, viewer would just, you know, yeah, see the 2-1. I, I bet, you know, the lines are turning in favor of Philadelphia. It's at this uh, point. Philadelphia's minus 115, Houston's minus 105 tonight. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, more Last like, night, Philadelphia was the underdog, though. Yeah, no, I mean more or less of the whole series. Oh, okay. But, like, yeah. you know, it happens all the time where a team takes that one-game lead in a – in a series, they're in baseball or basketball in a seven game, and then something clicks, and then that other team just runs through three games. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting here saying that's what's going to happen. It's just I don't see 2-1 as, as um, definitive or, like, like it's very early. I, I don't either. I'm just saying the home field advantage. Oh, it's I, huge. I think winning that game last night and winning the one in Houston gave Philadelphia the upper hand going forward in the series. What the Strohs need is for the veteran core of Altuve, I guess you could throw Alvarez in there since he hasn't been hitting too well since the Mariners series, really. Guriel, Bregman, they need those guys to step up and make big hits because we're really, I mean, the Phillies, when you, they just don't really have that many holes in their lineup. When you look at their nine-hole, a guy like Brandon Marsh who went deep last night, he's a great nine-hole hitter. They have a great catcher bat in Real Muto. And the Strohs just have a bit more holes when you get to the bottom of that lineup. Mancini has not hit well. They haven't Martin really Nardo's found cooling down. They haven't really found a, a reliable DH that they can rely on. The catcher bat has never been our strength of the team. So you really need that veteran core that I just mentioned to do what they're supposed to do. And if they don't, you know, it's going to be hard for them to, you know, keep up with the Phillies offense. Yeah, missing a guy like Michael Brantley all year really hurts because you know it pushes. Uh, Alvarez in the outfield, and they really don't have a great, um, you know, plug-and-play DH. Uh, I know it was Hensley last night. You know, I know we've seen Mancini there, Aldemi Diaz. Um, I feel like there's some players we've had these last couple years we've traded um, that could have, you know, like the, the Jose series of the world that, you know, might have filled in well here. But we've got a, you know, we got a good team. Uh, the Astros have put up. Uh, I believe 11 runs so far in three games um, with a, getting shut out. Um, Phillies have scored runs, too. Um, I think you just got to put balls in play against this Philadelphia defense. That's really the biggest advantage that y'all have is their defense sucking. You know, they, they're going to make errors if, they've you, made if you get some, base runners on. They've made some great plays in right field, though. Um, that's for sure. Which is funny because Castellanos is a notoriously bad outfielder. And he's made a lot. Yeah, of he plays. made that diving. Yeah. Play well, he sold yeah. out. Like those are inside the park home runs. If you don't make those catches, but if there's a, ever a moment to sell out, oh yeah, it's in the World Series. Uh, y'all got anything else though? Diamonds Wood? Uh, not so, no. not so much. Uh, you know, um, big game tonight. 
Yeah, just a big game tonight. Uh, the rain delay, that really did um, shake things up because Schneidergaard was going to go last night. Or was going to go two nights he's ago. He's going tonight now? No, he's no, going no, tomorrow. It's, it's tomorrow. That's it's weird how weird. they did that. Yeah. Very odd situation. Uh, was obviously the right move yeah. last night, though. Great great manage, managerial. Is that, is that the word? Well, does the Phillies get to make that decision, or is that more of a league decision? What do you mean? No, I'm talking the the, the decision to start. Oh, Nola. Well, no, did, who they who had the extra day. What was his name? Uh, that was uh, Ranger Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. Yeah. You know, swapping Suarez yeah, okay, for yeah, for Syndergaard, um with Suarez having that extra. Arrest. Well, lastly for move. me, just keys to the game: starters, keep it. Just keep the runs to a minimum. Let your bullpen do the work, and veteran bats gotta hit. That's if it. I was y'all, Framer Be- Valdez has to start tomorrow. You cannot, you cannot put Justin Verlander out there in Philly. I agree. He's the ace of this team. Yeah. No. With that, that's that, the advantage that y'all had with that, you know, delay was Framer being having that. Hit. Tomorrow will be his fifth day. Dusty Baker is a very old school kind of guy. He likes everyone to have si- six. Really. Right? Is it no? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's. I think <laughs> traditionally you want your pitcher to have six days rest, and you know the kind of new age way of things. A lot of guys will do five, especially in the playoffs. But we'll have to see how much trust he has in Justin Verlander. He's got him to this point, but he's had some shaky performances in the postseason so far. He needs to have a bit of a shorter leash too with these starters. Uh well, I mean, last night it was. It was no, hey, not, let, let's we got, we're playing yet. tomorrow night. Like let's let McCuller stand I'm there and get rocked. I'm more or referring to game one when Verlander gives up three runs. He sends him back yeah, out. Yeah, no, like, he, he he trusts Verlander especially way too much in my opinion. Shane, you got any last thoughts on that? Oh, I just think Dusty Dusty Baker's a terrible manager. Um, <laughs> I know. never said he was a good manager. I said he's very traditional and very conservative. You know, and no. a very traditional mindset. He's when it comes to just baseball in general. Yeah, but I mean, when he should be traditional, he goes against the grain, and when he should go against the grain, he stays to be traditional. And you know, I think ultimately, somewhere between there, your great managers are formed, and your you know, um, just your dudes with the you're, jobs. You're, you're kind of like he kind of reminds me of when Ron Washington was the coach of the Rangers. Obviously, he didn't get he got fired for well, doing a little too much cocaine. But <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> really? It was a factor, yes. Okay. Ron's been known to He's sniff known a little bit on little, the job, but it was the same thing. You're like you, when you you see these, you're in these crucial moments, and you want your manager to to make a move, like a just like you said, go against the grain, or just like starting Framer Valdez tomorrow would be going against the grain for him, especially. And if I bet that would work out, if I bet if Verlander starts, he gets robbed. I will not be confident. I'll, I will, I will not mark my words now. But uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for Diamonds Wood. Uh, let's give you all. We haven't come out with a segment name for NBA yet, have we? Uh, no, we haven't. We haven't uh, settled we, on should one. Should we throw a few out there? What, you got any on the top of your head? You came out with uh, most of. You came out with Diamonds Wood, Forty Acre Dash, the other ones. Uh, I might have some stuff written down for the NBA one. I don't know, fucking balls in the court. <laughs> I don't mean. <laughs> <Ball>. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, maybe if, if any of you listeners want to hit us up with any ideas, um, you know, hit us up on Instagram, on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, so Steve Nash fired from his position of of the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. Uh, They started off the season one and six. They're now one and seven or two and seven. I can't remember. Um, Jock Vaughn takes over an interim status. Reports are they're going after suspended Boston Celtics head coach and Adime Aduka. Aduka. No, uh, Udime 
Who, I don't know. Uh, Edime Oduka. The guy who... I, know, yeah, yeah. I, I said his name a million times. I don't know why Former I can't Celtics. say it right now. Uh, okay, He's yeah. suspended for, uh, you know, sleeping with one of the minority owner's wives, a member of the uh, training staff who is a female. Uh, it's I've seen a few reports. I don't know. I can't confirm if they're real or not, but that some of these hookups were non-consensual to a certain extent. Uh, I I would hope the Nets would you know, do the right kind of vetting on this. If, if it's if it's just him hooking up with... I know, think that's cheating on his If it's him just cheating on his wife and fucking other the owner's wives, yeah. then yeah. Trade for him, do whatever. He got to the Celtics to a finals last year when no one really expected it going into the playoffs or into the season for that matter. Um, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. Still an early season. We got a lot of time to turn things around. We saw what, speaking of baseball, we just saw what Joe Girardi being fired from the manager position of the Phillies midway through the year did for the Phillies this year. So who knows? We could see the Nets make a deep playoff run with the new head coach. Uh, another NBA news Luka Doncic is off to a historic start. Sorry. Uh, he is the first player since Michael Jordan to start uh, to score 40 points or 40 plus points in the first five games of the year. I'm not sure. Is that good? How that's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he's the clear NBA front runner uh, just under 10 games into the year. Um, Do you worry as a Mavs fan that the fact if he gets that hurt, he, it's over? Well, no, the fact <laughs> yes. that. Uh, he didn't really have an offseason to rest because he was playing overseas. No, I love it. He usually comes in super out of shape. He looks like he's firing on all cylinders to start the year. He's young. He's a guy that needs to lose that extra 10 pounds into the season. Looks like he's already lost probably five of it. So hopefully a hotter, you know, we're, we're I think we're a little bit above 500, one or two games to start the year. Hopefully uh, we do better to start the year than we have in the past. Usually it's kind of a slow start. Let Luca get into the, you know. Lose the baby fat yeah, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, the Lakers, they're terrible. Last time I looked, they didn't have a win. Do you all know if they've got five? One and five? Okay, so right there with the Nets. They just, they're terrible, man. They don't have any shooters on their team. Austin Reeves, who's not even a good shooter, he's their best shooter, and they simply pass to him on three-point line, I think, because he's a white guy, and he looks like he can shoot threes. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been demoted to the bench. How dare you? He doesn't like being called Westbrook, apparently. I don't care. Whatever. It's family dude. name, man. Yeah, well, learn how to hit a jump shot. You're in the NBA, dude. Uh, Might not be for long. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to update y'all on that soap opera of a story, really a soap opera of a league uh, in the NBA. You got anything on the Rockets, y'all? Oh, no, we, we we suck very bad, you know. Just How's your Barry Smith in? I mean, y'all have not been on TV at all, so I have uh, not seen a minute of Rockets basketball this year. That's honestly a good question. I did see Jabari Smith getting in a pretty much a yelling match with uh, – the head coach, or maybe it was with Kevin Porter Jr. was involved in there. I don't know if it was. Jabari it was him, Green, I think. Yeah, it was. It was Javari versus someone. Yeah, I mean that's not what you want to see from a rookie uh, who's supposed to have good character. Apparently, I'm not saying that means he has bad character, but you don't know what happened. But yeah, I mean they're they're a dumpster fire. But at the end of the day, this is what you expected. So. Yep. Uh, I'll I'll cover some Spurs news real quick. They released Joshua Primo. Uh, their first round pick from two years ago wasn't even 20 years old yet uh, because he was uh, making exposing, himself. exposing flashing himself to hotel staff and several other occasions so they just but then he blamed it on mental health which I find hilarious yeah what are like okay I realize people have issues <laughs> you have to but be accountable for your actions my guy you can't just say seriously I mean he's a young <laughs> kid dumb it's probably just dumb choices um, but they suck the Spurs are terrible they're in the uh 
race. Well, they are five, they're and, five two. and two on top of the I mean, division. Yeah, they suck though. Have you watched them play? No, I haven't. I'm just. I think know. teams are just not playing their. I don't know. They're not playing their guys. They're they're literally a G League team. I don't know how they're winning it to this point. Pop, um, yeah, maybe Pop. Maybe Pop's got the secret remedy this year. But I I expect them to start tanking at some point and go over after uh, what's his name when when if, when you or he's coming to Houston, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I mean the uh, NBA regular season just matters so little nowadays with two thirds of the league making the playoffs in some capacity and the NBA draft. I think, you know, even the worst team only having a 14% chance of getting the best player. And there's usually only one or two players worth getting. Uh, speaking of that, um, the Rockets are doing okay. Jabari Smith, um, just like, a, I think about 11 points, six and a half rebounds is what I'm looking at. Uh, 12 points, six and a half rebounds. That's pretty good uh, for, you know, your first six games in the NBA. I expect him to grow, develop, and gel more than the offense. Jalen Green. Uh, averaging 19, four and a half rebounds, two assists. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's showing, um, you know, sustained success, uh, not superstardom. We super didn't expect to win basketball games. We just wanted to see the young guys, you know, get better and, you know, start forming a core, right, Shay? Is that exactly. what you're looking for? Uh, the Andre, or the Singun guy, uh, Alp, Alperen Singun, he's having a good year, 15 points a game, uh, almost 10 rebounds, basically averaging a double-double. Uh, yeah, just uh, growing and developing more under Coach Silas. And, um, you know, they got a win against the Jazz, which, you know, 1-7 is not looking good. But, again, we weren't sure if they were going to even try to compete this year. And um, if they aren't, then sure, I hope they can get uh, another talented young individual to uh, round out this team. But um, it'll be a long season no matter what. All right, guys, let's get into the 40-acre dash and make our picks at the end of it for the week. Coming off the bye week, we got Kansas State this week in the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Man, we haven't played a night game this year. Uh, we usually don't play that well at night. Can- Kansas State beat the dog shit out of Oklahoma State last week, 48 nothing. What were you going to say? We played we played night. We games. played ULM and UTSA at seven. I think okay. uh, wasn't Iowa they State. We haven't played a night game. <laughs> uh, West Virginia, West Virginia as well. Okay, yeah. you sure about that? Yeah, that was a night game, six o'clock. I think. I don't remember. They all run together. Anyways, all those teams suck. So we haven't played a good team at night yet. Um, now Kansas State beat Oklahoma State, a team that we lost to two weeks ago, forty-eight nothing, with their backup quarterback Will Howard. Who the Longhorns did face last year? That absolutely stunned me. I don't know what was up with that game. I I didn't catch much of it. I was keeping up with the score. It looked like they were just. It was more of a balanced attack, honestly, than the, what they had with Adrian Martinez. Deuce Vaughn, you know, he, he's gonna he's very good. He's gonna go off. He's gonna do his thing. I I expect him to rush, run all over this Texas or defense this week. Probably a classic case of a team showing up big to play the Longhorns and then like you know that game was so big for them and then maybe they just kind of overlooked I don't know man they, they, they play. always play well against the Longhorns and we still can't stop a slant route and this if there's ever a week to prove that you can it's this week against Adrian Martinez who is not a good passer yeah Adrian Martinez apparently so he's from uh, Nebraska right yeah just he was there a, for like five years doing a little fifth year down in Kansas State um, you know Kansas State they're 13th in the college football playoff poll uh, that came out this week um, the Longhorns are favored in this game uh, the Horns have won five in a row uh, against Kansas State they've 
taken the lead um, in the in the overall series. I think they lead twelve to ten. Um, this is a team we beat coming off you know coming off the six game losing streak last year. We beat them the round out the year. Um, we have had success against them recently. Uh, again, you know Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, uh, solid rushing attack between them. Um, Stingy defense too. Yeah, obviously I'm concerned. Uh, Kansas State's, you know, always somebody you overlook uh, until you're actually playing them. They're they're always crafty uh, on offense, and yes, stingy on defense. Um, you know, uh, where they're averaging 31 points a game, uh, their defense is averaging just 17.3. That's um, you know, that's pretty good if you're only allowing 17 points a game, in my opinion. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch that Oklahoma State game last week between Kansas State and them, uh, but uh, it was very impressive to dismantle a football team like that, especially after struggling with them ourselves. I uh, hope for the best, but yeah, uh, Kansas State's playing for a lot. The Horns, you know, I think there's a back doorway to the, to the Big 12 championship, but I don't honestly, you know... Uh, it no long, you know, they no longer control their own destiny. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried. But as long as, uh, as long as we don't have players start to quit, and like, you know, start opting out the rest of the season, I think we'll be all right. Um, gotta, you know, gotta see a tighter game from Quinn Ewers this week. Um, you know, he's got, he's got to be more accurate with the football and uh, just uh, defensive adjustments and not, you know, not getting out coached during the game. Those are the keys for me. Key for me, catch the damn ball, run the right route, run your route hard, look for the ball when you need to look for the ball. I'm looking at you, Xavier Worthy. I'm looking at you, Casey Kane. And I'm looking at you, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, uh, I think y'all pretty much you know hit the nail on the What's head. What's your key for the game, Corey? Key for the game, definitely want to see Quinn play better, uh, which I think he will, by the way. Um, I'm seeing Texas is minus two and a half. Which we are in, favorites, yes. Which in college football is it's pretty much a pick 'em. I mean, um, yeah, you, yeah, Quinn Ewers needs to play like he's a top flight recruit, top flight quarterback, and if not, then you might start to get a little bit worried about what his future is. Um, but again, I didn't freak out as much as a lot of other, other Longhorn fans after the Oklahoma State game. Granted, he didn't play that well, but there's still plenty of flashes that you know show why he is uh touted the way he is so um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out all right hell yeah y'all want to do our picks yeah uh, you want to go over how we did last week yeah uh, in front of you i went three and two last week uh hit on the titans on tcu and on old miss missing on syracuse and the raiders uh tie you hit on Baltimore, Minnesota, and that was it. You missed <laughs> on uh, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and the Aggies. Damn. Damn Aggies always letting me down. All right, I'll go first this week. Uh, like I said last week, we're going to pick one over or under in our five picks. But So let's go ahead and do that one first. Um, what, do, what do I want to go with here? What do I want to go with? Um, I had a few in mind. I'm going to take... New York Jets and Buffalo under 46 and a half. All right. We're doing our over-unders or any of them? Over-under first. Over-under. I'm looking at, um, where'd, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Minnesota, Washington Commanders. I'm going to take over 43 and a half there. Kind of worries me because I 
do like Washington's defense this year, especially against the run. But I think that Minnesota's going to be able to score, and I also think that the Commanders are going to be able to score on them, so I'm taking over. And it's a low number. so. Cool, Shay. Okay, so I'm going to go uh, college football and uh, Texas Tech versus TCU. I'm taking over 69 and a half. We're going to have some fun in that one. Huh? <laughs> that, that would be fun. All right, whip things back around to me. For my first spread pick, I'm going to take Seattle plus two at Arizona on Sunday. For me, I'm going to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two and a half against the Los Angeles Rams at home. The Rams, are they stink. They uh, can't they can't protect the quarterback. They can't run the ball. They have no weapons outside of Cooper Cup, who just got banged up last game. Every play, they know they're going to him. Um, and they still he can still find a way to get his catches and yards, but it's not as, as explosive as last season. When you look at his yards per catch, it's much lower. It's more of a possession kind of run-after-catch guy because they just have no one to take the pressure off of him. So I say Tampa Bay covers minus 2.5 at home against the Rams. All right. I like it. I am taking the Jets plus 12.5 this week. Uh, against the Bills. Uh, it's a big line. Uh, I think the Jets are better than that. Uh, you know, it was a similar line against Green Bay. Green Bay covered. I'm um, taking the Jets in the divisional rivalry. Okay, I like that too. For me, for my third pick, my second spread pick, I'm going to take my my talents to college football. I'm going to take Clemson minus three and a half, going to South Bend to play Notre Dame Saturday night. I think, uh, I mean, Notre Dame, they beat Syracuse last week. Um, who... I mean, not, not many people expected that, especially, uh, you know, Notre Dame losing to Stanford this year, losing to Marshall. They really haven't played well at all. They, they looked a little bit better last week. They got the rushing attack going, but I think Clemson's defense is too much for, for Notre Dame's quarterback, and they pull out the, they pull out the win. Ooh, and uh, cover. See, see um, I was about to go with the Tennessee to cover 13 against the Chiefs even without Ryan Tannehill, because I think that's a lot for a Mike Vrabel coach team. But I'm not going to do it because the Chiefs are off a bye, I believe. And Andy Reid off a bye is a beast. So. And they got Tony, Darius Tony. Coming yeah, in. I'm not. we'll see if he even you know gets in. He's had, a, he's had a week to work. He's a he's an exciting player. But I'm going to take Baltimore Ravens minus 2.5 in New Orleans Superdome. New Orleans just looked awesome against the Raiders. They played, you know, they shut them out, which I think Josh McDaniels is a bad head coach, so I don't really – put too much stock in that I, I never thought he was a good coach um or at least a good head coach so i'm gonna take lamar jackson to just be a stud and win by a field goal against the saints all right i'm taking the tennessee volunteers plus eight uh against the georgia bulldogs uh i think you know tennessee is really good i think that game will be a three to seven point game uh I, I like Tennessee in there. Uh, you know, Hendon Hooker and um, company, I feel like they have arrived. Uh, I feel like Georgia might have lost a step. You know, they struggled with Minnesota. Not Minnesota. They struggled with Missouri. They lost their ago. leading uh, pass rusher this week for the season to a torn peck as well. I forgot his name, but he was number four. I forgot his one name of their as really, well. really good players. Going to be highly drafted still, but. Yeah, so anyway, I just think that's the Tennessee biggest game plus of the week. Eight and a half, that's you? I think it'll be a good game. Plus, well, uh, I got them plus eight. Okay, but. yeah, just, yeah, it's it's eight. Um, for my fourth pick, I'm going to take Mississippi State minus 13 at home against Auburn, 630 on Saturday. Brian Harson fired this week. Cadillac, uh, Cadillac Williams. Let's go. 
taking over one as of my, one of my favorite players from when I was yeah, young. Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I never thought that he would be a head, head coach. Or really, I mean, he's an interim head coach, but you know that that high up on the totem pole at an SEC school. Do they try to hire Deion Sanders? No, that'd be dumb. Wait, wait, wait. So All did right. you take Mississippi State? No. Yeah, minus 13 and a half. Okay. Shout Mike Leach. I'm going to take Tennessee plus eight as well. I think Hendon Hooker is a very polished, good quarterback for the college level. They have the quarterback advantage against Georgia. And I think, you know, I'm just going to – I want them to cover. I want them to win just my own – for my own interest and my own fandom and the fact that I get tired of the same teams, you know, being dominant. So I'm going to pick Tennessee plus eight. All right. Last picture. Uh, this is your fourth pick. Fourth pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is my fourth. I'm taking LSU plus 13 against Alabama. I think they'll play them close. Um, you know, LSU has an outside chance at the playoffs, especially if they can get a win this week. I know they got two, I only have two losses on the record, but if they can beat Alabama here, um, that'll line them up pretty well to possibly make an SEC championship appearance. And, you know, if they can win there, I think anything's possible. Uh, it's easy to go from 10 to 4 in the SEC. And, you know, I know we want to talk about Tennessee-Georgia. That's the biggest game of the year. It's coming up this week. Um, and then immediately following that will be the LSU-Alabama. Yeah, great weekend in college football. Exactly. So, um, yeah, give, give me them plus the 13. Okay. Tigers. Cool. For my final pick, I'm going to take... The Oklahoma State Cowboys minus two visiting Lawrence, Kansas at 2.30 on Saturday. Um, Kansas, and they started out 5-0. and They're 5-3. and uh, We've talked about on the show before how the last time they were 5-0 and in 2009. They finished the season 5-7. and I could see that easily happening again at this point. Uh, Oklahoma State coming off a terrible, terrible loss to Kansas State last week, getting shut out. I think they show up, uh, win this game handily in, in Lawrence. This, this is a risky one for me, but uh, it is the last pick. So I'm going to take Cincinnati minus seven. Um, I'm seeing it at seven and a half a lot, but can I get it at seven? Because I'm seeing it at seven on what, some books. Let me see. What's, what's on the, here it's seven and a half, but it's minus Caesars 105. This is just my own personal bookies line. So. <laughs> sure. We'll, I don't we'll know. Take that. <laughs> can I get it at seven? <laughs> it doesn't matter, but anyway, uh, logic behind that. They just got embarrassed uh, on prime time. Uh, in the NFL, it's a, and this is what you got to think. I know that uh, they looked bad, and that's a bad look. But it's the NFL is an any given Sunday kind of league. Anything can happen any week. Uh, all the teams are good, and I think Cincinnati still a, they saw a much you know better quarterback advantage, and uh, I think that they're going to jump out on Carolina, who is riding a little hot hand with PJ Walker. But there's a bit more film on him now, so I'm going to take Cincinnati. All right, hell yeah, um, boys. Hey, last one, Florida, plus three and a half, A&M. I think A&M's, you know, in a bad way. Uh, I think Florida, um, I think Florida can pull it out coming out of the biggest cocktail party. Uh, that's my last pick. Ty, finish us up. No, I'm, that's, I got five already. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I just meant to oh, finish take up us the show? out. Okay, yeah, yeah, good show today. I, I, we covered a lot in just under 50 minutes. That was like speed podcasting, but I think it was quality. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's good. Moving. Nah, a good show today. A uh, good week of football ahead of us. Uh, game, game four of the World Series tonight in Philly. Uh, man, hey, we're in the heat of sports right now. We got all three major sports and hockey going at the same time. All four, man. We got it. This is this is the time to be alive. Uh, for Ty Henderson, Shea Holt, 
Corey Gidget. There we go. Hello, there this we is go. the Lone Star Lowdown. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Lone Star. The Lo, at Lone Star Lowdown. A TikTok at Lone the Lone Star Lowdown on Twitter at Lone Star LD. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we will have some more video content, some new, uh, cleaner stuff coming out from Jacob Standard here in the future, hopefully. And uh, until then, hook him. And hook him for Corey, too. Yeah, hook him. Now I'm feeling like that captain of my own boat. There's no room for these snake holes unless GG clip my bankroll. I'm glowing cause I say so. It's never been done. Yeah, that's what you said. Hop at the bed. Put in the shirt, get to work on the best. CEO when you think I'm just a kid, but sir, I'm that dude. Living in a world with cash rules. Not worry about a man and his values. Quick check and I guess he a tycoon. But look at his bank account. What that shit say? You still gon' hate when I master the play. I'll reap what I sow when I sow all day until my name on Broadway. But for now, I'm guessing I won't get denied. Today. You better count my blessings, never know when you fade.